welcome to an Inform Live Radio on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host today, Bernadette Pager. Um, I hope you're doing okay on your way home from work or wherever you are today in the Pacific Northwest. It's very smoky and air quality is very poor. So I hope you get some, have some air filters around or something to help you get through this smoky weekend um, and watch out for your health. There is a big connection between um, air pollution and susceptibility to infection. And our guest, maybe he can mention that a little bit later when we get to him. Um, uh, I want to talk to you about a few things, get you caught up on uh, a few things. So right now, it's really important to, well, I don't think I have to make you aware. We are being bombarded by uh, messaging to get the flu shot. So just remember, this is marketing. This is messaging. Um, it really annoys me uh, most of all because it's marketing paid for by my tax dollars and the CDC is putting a lot of our tax dollars right now into commercials and ads and promos and PSAs and incentives and everything to try to get people to get a flu shot. Uh, their reasoning is they, they don't want to do get a double hit and have COVID and the flu, but I encourage you as I encourage everybody who tunes into an informed life radio to do your research, to do your homework. That's, that's why we called this show an informed life, because I don't want you to, to um, go through it just skimming the surface, hearing things said on the radio by people like me or on the, you know, on TV, the New York Times, anywhere, and then just take it at face value, because we live in an age where information is power. And there's a lot of people wanting to steer you in a certain direction. And to live an informed life, you got to take some time, it can be a pain, I know, but take some time, go down and actually find get as close to the root source as you can of the information. Um, at informedchoicewa.org, we provide you with a lot of studies, just go to the website, put flu in the little search thing, and you'll find several pages that have studies about the flu um, vaccine. And you're going to find out that it doesn't prevent mucosal infection. So it's not going to help you protect anybody else. If you're exposed to the flu, even if it's a match, you're still going to have the replication in your mucosal passages. So you can still spread it to other people. Um, there is some concern because it is known, there's studies that we show on there that um, the flu vaccine does make you temporarily susceptible to other respiratory infections. This is what the studies say. And there was a military study done by the Department of Defense recently. It was pre-COVID days, but they found that it increased the risk of military personnel to coronavirus. Now, we don't know if that means you have increased risk to COVID-19. Um, it's a big unknown. So please do your homework and, and please consider what alternatives you have to protect yourself. We're gonna be talking about that uh, a little bit today. I also wanted to, to let everybody know uh, an update. We have this petition to the Board of Health and the Secretary of Health asking them to please convene a committee of knowledgeable frontline doctors that have come up with effective treatment protocols from on the shelf, good to go, nutrients and drugs and oxidative therapies. They are recovering patients. Um, there's a, a big issue here in that if something doesn't have a gold standard 
saline um, randomized control trial study for a drug, um, then they cannot say the FTA, FTC and the FDA says they cannot say that they can that it can cure or treat any particular disease. So we find ourselves in times of um, crisis like we have now with doctors who know how to treat patients, but they're not allowed to sort of say so. Um, so uh, we've asked our state to please step forward. They are, um, the state actions so far have been very re restrictive, keeping people home. Um, businesses are closing, uh, going out of business, going bankrupt, and um, people's lives completely disrupted. We're being asked to mask, to change everything. The one thing they have not done is to bring in all these wonderful practitioners with knowledge to heal so that everybody can set their fear aside and be proactive and 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 we can deal with this. So that's, we have not yet heard. It's been nine days since the last communication. So I'm really hoping early next week that we will get some news about um, what they intend to do so that we can um, we can start moving forward. So we have a lot of information today. Um, I'm going to move quickly to our guest. Um, and I met him a year or two ago, very dear, knowledgeable man, does intense research. His name is Les Berenson, MD. Um, he's board certified in internal medicine and is in his 35 year career was focused on prevention, wellness and natural medicine with the goal to help people make lifestyle changes, learn to prevent chronic diseases and potentially end the use of medications. Dr. Berenson helped start GMO Free Seattle. He's an ardent volunteer and he's been researching and publishing on COVID-19 for the past six months. Welcome Dr. Berenson to an Informed Life Radio. Thank you very much, Bernadette. It's uh, really a pleasure, and you're a true inspiration to this whole movement across the country, much less in the Seattle area. Well, thank you for that. You know, all I all I knew, know to do is share what I've learned, is to encourage people, as I said at the beginning of the show, just to live an informed life, and and um, and then I bring in people like you who've lived who've lived it. You've been to medical school. You worked with parents um, and, and children and, and patients, and you know what works. And so I want to repeat again that our, our guest, Dr. Berenson today, he's going to be telling us not about treatments that cure or treat COVID-19. We can't say that. He's going to be telling you about the treatments that frontline doctors, MDs and NDs, have been using to treat their COVID-19 patients and finding success. He's going to be telling you the protocols that they are reporting are working, okay? Um, and that's important because that's where we are. That's where we want the state of Washington to help us bring this information out there in a big way. I, you know, little audience here on KKNW, hopefully we're reaching people by podcast and, and YouTube. We need the state to, to step in and help spread this amazing information. So you've got some slides for us, some information to go through, Dr. Berenson. So if you want to just go ahead and and uh, get that going, and we're going to interpret for our radio and podcast audience um, as we move uh, through here. Do I hit screen share? 
yeah, I think you can go ahead and, and hit that screen share. So he's going to be um, pulling up. Yeah, there I can see it. So people on uh, YouTube there are seeing this now. So um, I, I like that you put up there healthyimmunitynow.org. Uh, so there's a new website at grassroots that Informed Choice Washington is supporting. Um, it's called healthyimmunitynow.org. Um, we're supporting it through advertising, but it is not our website, but a lot of our members um, are creating this um, as well as myself. So it is a place, a repository for the treatment protocols that are being used um, by practitioners right now and reporting and publishing in case studies um, their great success. Well, as Bernadette said, I've been retired and for the last six months I've been following five different holistic physicians who have a very long track record of treating these type of viruses and have done quite well. So much of this information has been censored. It's been kept from you, the public, um, for a variety of reasons, which I'll allude to later. But basically, my goal today is to bring some of this information back to a conscious level and to empower you to believe in your amazing immune system and that you can actually feel safe and protected from COVID and viral illnesses now and in the future. So if you get exposed to COVID, you're in a highly uh, potentially risky area. As long as you're doing these measures, you should feel safe. And that's the goal is to give you that strength and protection. Here's some data from the CDC. Um, the chance of you dying is 0.04%. Chance of you living is 99.96%. There's almost a 25% chance, greater chance of dying in a car crash. Wow, you know, those are really um, impressive numbers. So could I, I think listeners sort of need to have that parsed out a bit because the number, um, the risk, chance of dying 0.04% is at the population level, right? So that's probably if you are a newborn all the way up to maybe age 45, 50, and then um, that's like you're at 0% almost risk. If you're much older and have chronic health conditions, um, your risk is is a bit higher. It might you know be in a in a couple single digit numbers, but when you factor all of them together, it comes to 0 0.04. Am I understanding that correctly? Correct. Okay, so um, everybody's risk is slightly different, but overall, the population level, your risk of your chance of survival are excellent, and even better, of course, if you. Um, do your research and look at what you can do. Okay, now we're we're seeing this 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 data here. Explain what data it is we're looking at. This is a slide that I first saw at the end of June, that is from the CDC website. When you look for it, it's extremely buried. If you do type in this um, this um, website, it'll bring you to the uh, the latest um, data. So it's easy to find once you have the the link. It's just very yeah. hard. Because the CDC does not want to broadcast this data. Yeah, but and I will I will be providing that link um, on in the Informed Choice Washington website on the radio show page. Um, so after the show, sometime this weekend, I'll get all of these links provided for um, for listeners. And I have a, a prepared a handout with all of this information in it, with all the references, all the links, so that one can see that as well. Okay, so I'm seeing a double hump here. I'm seeing a graph that that reaches a peak in about mid to late 
April, and then it goes way down, and then a little bit of a hump that happened um, early August, but now it looks like we're like almost down to nothing. Well, let me explain this. Um, basically, this is looking at the COVID deaths. Um, again, this is CDC data, and strategize, strat, um, you can see the different um, age groups, the older people are at the top. But it peaks around April, May, starts coming down. And around the end of June, it comes down. There is a little bump. I don't have an explanation for it. But essentially, the deaths are basically almost back down to normal. Mm -hmm. And if we're worried about a fatal pandemic, to me, this would explain that the pandemic is over. And I'll get into why there are such a, a, a rise in tensions and fear in a, in a minute. But to me, this is the most important slide with everything going on, because this, this slide is from only a week ago and it's updated on a weekly basis by the CDC. Somebody does have a name for a, a, a pandemic or a, you know, an outbreak that has that double hump, and I can't remember what it was. There was this a YouTube video on it, and it matched the double hump of like the 1918 uh, flu pandemic. It's kind of an interesting phenomenon that can happen, and it usually does signal that it's over. Three weeks okay. ago, there was no double hump, though. Yeah. So this is some data more locally from Washington State. And you can see um, these are looking at the last several years. The orange curve is from this current year. And you can see around um, April, May again, there's a slight rise of 100, 200 deaths increase compared to normal. And then after just a short time, it settles back down. So essentially, yeah. we really don't have an increase in, in huge increase in deaths, yet we've shut down the the complete state because of this data. Yeah, so for our listeners, um, you're, you're just seeing that there's really not much difference between um, all-cause deaths between 2017 and 2020. It's it's flowing along a very similar line, which is, is you know, really good to know, okay? All right, so the reason for the COVID pandemic. In the beginning, we were promised that deaths were gonna be huge uh, because of the deaths, we locked down. We went into masking, social distancing, um, and I can't read what's behind your slide. But, um, <laughs> you can move the... I don't think I can. Yeah. I, uh, can you can move your image of us, but yeah. Well, you know, in the beginning, and even now, the computer modeling has really failed the planet, I think. I mean, the first computer modeling models were so terrifying and and then you know i don't have at my fingertips the name of the guy in um in the uk who did it who came up with the modeling but when others finally got a hold of like his program it was just a hot mess and everybody's like this should never have been used this is you know and we're still being led like in in the state of washington um modeling is still driving the actions it's still keeping us masked up and locked up and it's not reflecting um, actual what's happening on the ground, and especially the fact that it's treatable. So, yeah. Um. Okay. So, Dr. Brownstein said, if we don't get over these viral illnesses, we wouldn't survive as a human species. So it certainly makes sense that we want a stronger immune system in place if we ever get exposed to these pathogenic or infectious organisms. Yes. Oftentimes these protocols offer potential solutions which focus on immunity. And there's a plausible reason why there's so much of a pushback from any natural solution, whether it be hydro 
um, hydroxychloroquine or vitamin C. And it's because if there is a proven successful treatment for COVID-19, there can no longer be an emergency release of a vaccine. Let me say that again. This is the critical piece. If there's a proven successful treatment for COVID-19, there can no longer be an emergency release of a vaccine, um, which is really sad uh, as the explanation for why people are dying when we have so many potential solutions. So both mainstream and social media are heavily supported by massive ad campaigns, huge amounts of donations and money being contributed by the pharmaceutical industry. The top yeah. 20, top 25 percent of big pharma are vaccine manufacturers. So it's a, a real issue yeah. with all the censorship. Yeah, I um, I had I had done a post where I just shared a USA Today article that was about the FTC sending warning letters to uh, people selling various supplements that you know actually are proven antivirals is immune support things and and also warning letters to um, mds and nds who were telling the public about their effective treatment protocols and i shared this and facebook took it down and said that by sharing it and putting out misinformation i was potentially harming the public that that's where we are now when you and and like uh, Dr. Brownstein's case, his patients have been written up and in a case series study and published. So it's really crazy how you cannot have a dialogue about this. It's just wrong. So I ended up taking a snapshot of Facebook censorship and then posting the snapshot. So so far, the snapshot has stayed up. So. <laughs> We'll see. So this is probably one of the most important YouTubes that somebody could watch. It's nine minutes long. Again, the reference will be in the handout, and it's called Case Demic. And they just case could, uh, Case Demic is the name of a YouTube video you think people should watch. Correct. Okay. So what they do is they review many countries besides the United States, and they show typical of many of these viral illnesses that we've occurred over the years. Well, there's a rise and a fall over a few months period of time, and you get back down to herd immunity when it's not no longer an issue. Mm -hmm. but, but if you keep trying to do PCR testing, you'll find people have been exposed to these viruses. And that is what's going on right now. There's this massive amount of testing. We have hundreds of thousands of people being tested a day. Mm -hmm. Contact tracing whistleblowers have shown that if one person is tested positive, right or wrong, 24 people around them can be considered positive because they went to work, went to a show, worked near that person, et cetera. So the data is very, very difficult to interpret. But again, we don't really want around checking people's, see whether they had the flu last year and be concerned about this. And this is what's going on. COVID has been a very contagious, I won't say virus, but whatever it is, it's something that was contagious. Many people have been exposed to it, and but people are not dying. The death rate, again, according to the CD is back to normal. So please watch this, because this is an explanation for why we have this massive hysteria. Again, Dr. Fauci and, and Bill Gates are now trying to mandate this vaccine. And that is, to me, what this is all about. And, yeah. and so we need another rise in fear if we don't have an increase in number of deaths. Yeah. the um, And it's interesting. I, it's like the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. It's, you know, these are giant agencies, giant corporations, all sorts of messaging. is It's so conflicting at times. 
um, the CDC one minute will say something. I'm like, yes, thank goodness they're saying that. And then they'll say something else. And then I, you know, you roll your eyes. And right now though, they're, they're saying don't test healthy people. Don't test people who are not symptomatic because, you know, you could have a positive test. First of all, they, they are very, um, unreliable, which the CDC has been admitting from the beginning that they screwed up and made a really, um, unreliable, um, PCR test. But even if you do have like a, a part of a virus, you might not have infectious virus. You might just have, you know, fully recovered, but you still have some bits of virus that you're shedding, but they are not infectious. Um, they don't have the capability for you to transmit. And so we're, yeah, exactly. It becomes like this case demic where any, um, any exposure, any positive test gets people set back. And um, yeah, I agree. Okay, so I see we're going to move forward. I, I'm sorry, I apologize to like our um, our listeners are only hearing the audio portion. We had so much great stuff we wanted to give to you today that we're kind of moving through it in sort of a visual way, which later on I hope you will, will be able to go see or go download. So hydrogen peroxide. Now this is new to me in this whole, I, I heard it like on the edges of my brain at times, over different um, uh, flu seasons, I guess, but I'd never looked into it until recently when I had Dr. Brownstein um, on a show. That's back when I was, I did a guest host of Lifter Sports Radio uh, with D Dina Marie, which is at eight o'clock in the morning on Fridays. It's a great show. And okay, you tell us about hydrogen peroxide. I had no idea. I think this is so fascinating. Okay. Hydrogen peroxide actually sits inside and outside our cells in the body in very low levels. It's ready, it's waiting to be generated in greater amounts as soon as a pathogen or an infection is detected by our immune system. So an effective way of getting extra amounts of hydrogen peroxide is by using a nebulizer. It goes into the sinuses and into the, um, into the respiratory tract, which actually gets closer into your bloodstream. So hmm. nebulizing hydrogen peroxide into your sinuses, your throat, and your lungs, it's a very simple, straightforward way to increase the body's natural expression of hydrogen peroxide to combat infections. But now, you have to be careful about like, um, how do you have instructions somewhere? Is no, it safe for people to do at home? Everything, I did it this morning. Everything is in the, all the details of the, all these slides are in the handout. Okay. So in addition to having versatile type of effects, iodine, which I add to my nebulizer, improves white blood cell function and thyroid hormone and this actually can give a metabolic boost to white blood cells to increase hydrogen peroxide as an antimicrobial. Hmm. So here you actually see me doing it this morning. I didn't have a picture, but <laughs> my little nebulizer, um, they should cost no more than 50 to $75. You can buy them on online. You can get them okay. at a supply house. You want to ask them if a mask can be substituted for the mouthpiece. With the mouthpiece, it's only going into your lungs. With a mask, it's going into your lungs as well as into your sinuses. So a mask, okay. I think the mask cost me about $5. Here's yeah. a, a bottle of food grade hydrogen peroxide. Dr. Brownstein, as I mentioned, um, prefers food grade hydrogen peroxide. Dr. Tom Levy, an integrative cardiologist, says you can use regular store-bought. And if you can find it easily, get the food grade. If you can't, um, the most important thing is to actually do it. And then or is I, it, do you dilute it? And I'll get that in a second. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Here's some bottles of magnesium chloride and glucose iodine 
and I add a couple of drops to the um, nebulizer, and it can pretend to burn a little bit. So if it does burn, you can dilute it out two or three to one to water. Uh, I tend to do it straight, and it's not that big a deal um, after a while. Yeah. So um, I, I do encourage people who this is who you know, because we're not giving medical advice, we're giving you information about what practitioners have done for their patients and advise their patients to do. So I do want to um, encourage everybody to read the information that um, Dr. Berenson is providing, you'll be able to get it on our website, but then also find a practitioner who's experienced and who can guide you through um, these treatments until you become very comfortable and confident yourself that you're doing it um, safely. There's a lot of references which give very detailed instructions on how to do these things safely. Okay. A lot of practitioners really aren't aware of how to do some of these modalities. So hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine has been safely used to treat malaria, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, many autoimmune conditions in pregnant women, children, and fragile elderly people for over 60 years. Dr. Dietrich Klinghart actually did his PhD, he's an MD PhD, but he did his PhD showing the effect of hydroxychloroquine to slow down uh, and alter the autonomic nervous system 40 years ago. Wow. The, what nervous system did you say? It's the, basically the autonomic nervous system. Can you explain what the autonomic nervous system is? Maybe a little detail for this topic, but... <laughs> Well, it's it is it's the is it the things that you don't think about doing? It does automatically for you. Your Correct. body just audit you automatically breathe and is that okay? I'm just trying to keep things a little bit superficial. Here, <laughs> here's a huge meta-analysis of 68 published studies. 41 of these were peer-reviewed, involving two and a half billion people. Yeah, showing a 79% reduction in death rate from COVID-19 in countries that allowed for early usage of hydroxychloroquine compared to countries that had either very limited or no early use of hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, that's a good one. The um, c19study.com, that's really a good one. Um, give me the, your last two points and then we're gonna have to take a break. Okay. Uh, basically, Dr. Zelenko in New York has treated over 800 high-risk COVID patients with hydroxychloroquine. He only had two deaths. He is the physician that actually got um, uh, Trump started on hydroxychloroquine. He felt as a Democrat, he was compelled to share that information with all that was going on in New York City. And uh, Trump contacted him and then several days later. But the thing that Dr. Zelenko said is that he's never been interviewed by mainstream media. Uh, and that's the sad part with all of his success. Dr. Raul yeah. France has treated over 3,000 patients with a similar protocol and similar effects. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So HCQ is still hanging in there and it is still something that is available for COVID-19 patients in the United States. Depends on where you are, uh, the limitations of being able to, for your doctor to be able to get a hold of it. But it's it's definitely something that we encourage people to research and see if it's if you want it to be your go-to at the very early stages of COVID-19. And with that, we're going to go ahead um, and take a break. You're listening to an informed live radio on 1150 AM KKNW.
Did you know that 70 to 80% of your immune system resides in your gut lining? Ion Gut Health goes beyond probiotics to strengthen this barrier and balance your microbiome the natural way. This soil-derived supplement is scientifically proven to reinforce your first line of defense, keeping harmful foreign particles out of your bloodstream. Maintain a healthy immune system so that it can protect you when you need it most. Support your immune system with Ion Gut Health. Learn more at ionbiome.com. Did you know that in 1986, Congress passed the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, granting liability protection to drug companies for injuries and deaths caused by their vaccine products recommended to children? Did you know injuries and deaths of pregnant women and their unborn children were added to the act in 2016? Did you know that on February 4th, 2020, drug companies who make COVID-19 vaccines were placed under the liability protection of the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, known as the PrEP Act? To learn the history of how we got here in order to protect yourself now and in the future, you must see the film, 1986, The Act. Go to 1986theact.com today. So you know, all healing begins in the cells. And for the cells to do their job, well, they need the right nutrients, like vitamin C and D, and gases, like oxygen. Did you know that there is a treatment that infuses every cell of your body with oxygen? Hyperbaric Oxygen Therapy, HBOT for short, is a safe and effective medical treatment that can be used in therapies for many injuries and diseases. HBOT was actually used successfully during the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic to treat hypoxia and respiratory failure. And it's now being used to successfully treat COVID-19 as several clinical trials are underway. HBOT increases your production of glutathione, which is critical to immune function and increases stem cell proliferation. To learn more about this century-old technology that is the future of medicine, visit hbotnews.org today. That's hbotnews.org. Need information about your child's vaccinations? Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization of parents, family members, medical professionals, educators, and Washingtonians from all walks of life. They believe in personal freedoms and individual choices, including healthcare choices. Their mission is to advocate for vaccine policy reform based on scientific integrity and individual health needs, to promote education about healthy immunity, and to protect informed consent and medical freedom in Washington state. To stay informed, visit informedchoicewa.org. Informed Choice Washington envisions the future where every doctor is fully trained in identifying vaccine risk factors and recognizing vaccine injury. Every child is afforded a personalized approach to disease prevention, and every parent has the freedom to make the best healthcare decisions for themselves and their families. They know every child matters. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. Welcome back to an Informed Life Radio and 1150 AM KKMW. I am Bernadette, your host today on this Friday, September 11th. I should probably not let this day go by, this hour go by without mentioning September 11th because it has impacted all of us, um, our lives in, in so many ways. Um, um, 
I did have people that were out of the country that were impacted and people in New York that were impacted. And um, just want to say a big shout out to our first responders who through thick and thin, through September 11th, and even through this COVID chaos, and through some of the um, the different issues and, and violence that we're seeing here and there in the world, um, we do have some amazing people. I think sometimes the news focuses on the people doing wrong instead of on the people doing right. And uh, here's a, a hat tip to our men and women in, in blue and khaki. Uh, thank you for being there for us. Anyway, so Dr. Berenson, um, you are uh, leading us through some of the treatment protocols that healthcare practitioners have found to work for their patients. And we went through uh, hydrogen peroxide, hydroxychloroquine. And so uh, what's next? We've got, you know, maybe about 15, 17 minutes here. So let's see, go back here. So this is continuing on with hydroxychloroquine. Dr. Fauci has actually known about hydroxychloroquine since 2005, that chloroquine is an effective inhibitor of coronaviruses. His group, the NIH, researched chloroquine and found it was effective at stopping the SARS coronavirus in its tracks. Wow. Here's yeah. His, here is his journal, the Virology Journal. It's his official publication. In August of 22, 2005, chloroquine is a potent inhibitor of the SARS coronavirus infection and spread. So for Dr. Fauci to tell everybody that he doesn't know, it's not been proven. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, this is documentation of where this problem is coming from. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. It just the root of it. And, you know, I, I always am somebody who looks for silver linings. So one of the silver linings I hope happens is a complete overhaul of our regulatory system so that in times like this, when there's new things come about, things that have been shown to have potential, that our practitioners in the field are showing work, that we can communicate them effectively um, and not have all this, this red tape and have individual personalities be able to um, interrupt us from getting things that work. And glutathione. So you're you're talking next about glutathione. And there's uh, there we have Dr. Tony Fauci again, because in the late 80s, early 90s, his, his work on HIV, um, he has a study that shows that glutathione and one of the precursors, N-acylcysteine, can shut down HIV replication, a viral replication. And, you know, it's just astounding to me that he's not up there at the podium talking about glutathione. Um, so tell us about that. Well, glutathione is a master antioxidant, removes toxins, it helps repel cellular damage. It's one of the most important nutrients we have in our body. Dr. Mark Hyman, one of the top functional medicine doctors, showed that there was even 89,000 medical articles. And I think this, when I read that, it was probably 10 years ago. So deficiencies occur from glutathione and most people are deficient because of chronic diseases such as cardiovascular disease, respiratory disease, obesity, diabetes, cancer, liver disease. And note at the bottom, the comorbidities from associated with COVID-19 were similar to, to these deficiencies in glutathione. Yes. Yeah, there was a, uh, there's a paper out there published by a Russian researcher who um, sort of postulated that COVID-19 really 
is glutathione depletion. Because if you have these comorbidities, you're depleted in glutathione. And the symptoms of glutathione depletion, the worse you are, those symptoms match you know, um, what they're seeing in the severe cases of COVID. It's really fascinating. Um, yeah, so how, how does the average person make sure they have adequate glutathione? Well, also intake of fresh vegetables and fruits, adequate enough protein, but toxins, tobacco smoking, pollution such as air pollution and water. And think of all the fire pollution today, how it's going to impact people's glutathione when they need yeah. the ability to deal with this stress. It's going to decrease. But medications, all types of stress, radiation, such as electromagnetic radiation, smart meters, 5G and whatnot. All um, that, yeah. It's profound. Yeah, because your body is using, when it's exposed to those toxins, glutathione goes to the rescue to help detoxify you. So you're using it up. And if you're using it up, that means you need to bring on more of those uh, precursors on board so your body can make more. And um, we may need to make sure we throw in there that acetaminophen, Tylenol, um, severely depletes your glutathione. So you really want to avoid that. Okay. So one of the precursors, uh, N-acetylcysteine, it's made up of three peptides, and it's a precursor, as I said, to glutathione. Mm -hmm. So one study I read showed that um, IV N-acetylcysteine um, given to people with glutathione deficiency had marked improvement in these inflammatory markers. And so NAC is something you can take for prevention. It's a really master type of supplement that's easy to get and very, very safe. Uh, I saw a study uh, about vitamin D. It was a Spanish study. So they looked at 76 patients who were randomized to be either taking vitamin D or not taking vitamin D. In that study, they actually gave hydroxychloroquine and um, azithromycin. Uh, I did see no mention of zinc, and that could be why they had some of the results. Mm -hmm. But of the 50, what's significant, and it was looking to see how many patients were being transferred to the ICU. That mm -hmm. was the outcome of the study. Of the 50 patients who were treated with vitamin D, only one person, 2%, went to the ICU and only and zero of the 26 people died, as opposed to 26 of the untreated people, half of them went to the ICU and two of the 13 people died. So and this was um, COVID-19 um, patients in Spain, it was a Spanish study? Correct. Correct. So vitamin D is another equally important thing. Mm -hmm. Here are two other um, major studies. Um, Dr. Paul Merrick and his uh, frontline COVID-19 critical um, care alliance. There were basically a bunch of physicians that had 200 years of combined experience in critical care medicine, emergency medicine, um, and it, it's amazing the stifling of this group of people. Mm -hmm. But they, they basically used a whole bunch of different modalities. They treated 300 patients in two hospitals with a 5% mortality. And considering this huge mortality we have normally to not allow this to, um, protocol to develop traction is just yeah. And, and I think those were some of the numbers early on. They continued to treat patients. And as they were beginning to be able to adopt their protocol early on, as soon as the patient was admitted, right. then the numbers are just improving. And, and that's what's being found is you, you need to jump on it quickly. You need the hydroxychloroquine early or you need the IV vitamin C um, and like the the palmeric uh, protocol that has the C and the steroids and um, or the D Dr. Brownstein's protocol, which is only nutrient um, or oxidative therapies. I love that his is described of there's no molecules in his in the treatment protocol that he gave to his patients. Um, 
that were not naturally um, like found in the body. I just love that. Cool. So Dr. Brownstein's one of the six physicians that I've been following, and he's been using vitamins A, C, and D, and iodine, nebulized hydrogen peroxide for 25 plus years with all these different um, variety of viruses. Mm -hmm. The patients don't seem to get pneumonia. They don't get hospitalized. They don't die from flu and other influenza-like illnesses at rates that they should have compared to the rest of the population. So he recently published a study that you've talked about several times on your show, mm -hmm. where basically 99% of the people receive vitamins A, C, D, and iodine. 30% um, of the patient, a third of the patient receive IV, um, hydrogen peroxide, and vitamin C. 35% um, received IM, ozone, and then... Um, 85% were getting nebulized hydrogen peroxide at home uh, along with iodine. And yeah. only one person needed to go to the hospital. There were no deaths, and that person actually did quite well. So mm -hmm. to have this kind of data available and have the FTC shut down his research and his data is, to me, it's a yeah. humanity to... Yeah. And and um, it's not that they, just so listeners sort of understand, it's not that they re shut down his research so that he cannot do it anymore. He's practicing medicine. He's helping parent patients recover with these protocols. He just can't talk about his research. It's published. Dr. Berenson and I can talk about it, but he can't talk about it because I, they, they see it somehow as like, I don't know, marketing himself, which is absurd. He's, he's giving away the information so that people can um, use it and adopt it. Um, so these are the physicians that I've been following, Dr. Dietrich Klinghart, who is here in Washington State, although mm -hmm. in England for the last four or five months, Dr. Brownstein, Dr. Gabriel Cousins, uh, Thomas Levy, who's an integrative cardiologist, Dr. McCullough, and Dr. Horowitz, who is a Lyme specialist. So first we're mm -hmm. going to talk about prevention. And again, as a reminder, all of this is included in the handout in much more detail. Mm -hmm. So things that are important for prevention of COVID and any kind of viral illness would be hydration, exercise, sauna, magnesium. Prior to COVID, everybody was fearful and stressed as it was. It's only exponentially increased. So people should be taking adrenal support. And it's not going to make COVID go away, but at least you'll be able to handle it and it won't take as much detrimental effect on your body. Vitamin C, uh, you have a choice of either taking a low dosage, like 1,000 twice a day, or taking it to bowel tolerance, which I'll discuss in a few minutes. Okay. Glutathione. A lot of the glutathione pills um, are burned up very quickly and don't hang around. So it's really a waste of money. So it's really important. Um, what we found the last few years is to be using a liposomal type of glutathione, which gets a much better absorption. And even liposomal glutathione only gets about 35% absorption compared to uh, um, IV. Uh, N-acetylcysteine, the precursor we mentioned earlier, 1,200 milligrams twice a day. And then quercetin, another huge antioxidant, um, it's basically got a low cost, very few side effects, and can be used preventively, especially when combined with vitamin C, and it's very similar to hydroxychloroquine, and it's easily available. So yeah. continuing on, um, zinc, and I'm not going to go over the dosages because it's all on the handout, but vitamin D, vitamin D and vitamin A are fat-soluble vitamins. And should be, uh, if you're not taking these, they should be loaded for the first four days and then dropping back to a normal dosage after that. A reminder, anybody on vitamin D should have their blood level checked after 60 days. And you don't want to be going from one brand to the next brand. Something I didn't mention earlier, 
is that this very poor regulation in the supplement and natural medicine industry. So it's critical when you go to a store to ask the people who are in charge, what are some of the better brands so you get good, reliable vitamins where one pill is like the next pill. Mm-hmm. So when you check your vitamin D, it should be on one, one brand, not hopping from one brand to the other. Yeah. And I think that's when it can be really helpful to have a trusted practitioner who knows about nutrients and often they'll be associated with um, uh, a a company or one of those organizations where they can help you get a discount on the best brands um, out there for supplements because you don't know what and I always recommend people not do third-party sellers from major online companies (laughs) because you're not sure what you're getting. Although you can call the company, if you, if you know a trusted supplement, call the company directly and ask them, is this major online retailer um, an authorized reseller of your product? And if they say yes, then you can um, have more confidence in purchasing it that way. But thank you for bringing up quality of these products. That, that is very important. Melatonin, uh, in this space, is not to help you sleep. It's a major anti-inflammatory. Uh, and I'll talk about that in a second and under treatment. Again, nebulized hydrogen peroxide. Again, this was new to me four or five months ago, mm-hmm. but it's now going to be part of my uh, armamentarium where anytime I get some type of a cold or viral illness, you can really abort it very quickly using hydrogen peroxide. And again, if you're acutely ill, you should be using it three or four times a day, not just occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Levy talks about using nebulized hydrogen peroxide to um, basically stop oxidative stress, which is synonymous with disease. So no matter what your illness is, if you have some kind of um, problem, using nebulized hydrogen peroxide on a regular basis is something that can be very beneficial. Mm-hmm. And finally, hydroxychloroquine, if you can get it prescribed and it can be located, um, can be used preventively. Since it has a long um, half-life, it can be taken once every week or two to actually protect. And, and, and this would be more for high-risk patients, for people who are first responders or medical personnel. Uh, the other uh, antioxidant, which is similar, as I said before, is quercetin, which you can use and it's easily available. So now we're going to talk a little bit about treatment. Um, again, this protocol is in the handout. Okay. Um, if somebody is quite ill, and this could be an illness that could potentially affect your life, I really think you have to take action and take action quickly because you don't know who's going who's gonna to deteriorate quickly and who's not. But basically, in terms of vitamin C, you want to basically take yourself to what's called bowel tolerance. The Dr. Jaffe protocol is in my handout, but basically taking a certain amount every 15 minutes and uh, throughout the day until you literally have pretty profuse, runny, uh, watery stool. Uh, and that then you will have saturated your body with vitamin C. Uh, For prevention, I leave it up to the person if they're at high risk or really need to do that. But certainly for a treatment when somebody is ill, uh, all all hands on on board at that point. The other thing with vitamin C, you want to be taking it four times a day, not just once or twice a day uh, when you have an acute infection. Glutathione, um, 2,000 milligrams up to four or 6,000 milligrams, again, dividing it in several dosages. Uh, N-acetylcysteine, vitamin D. As I said before, vitamin D, vitamin A are fat-soluble. If you're not taking them prior, you want to take them at a much higher dosage for four days, then drop it back down to these dosages after that. Uh, Zinc, um, a little bit higher dosage for treatment, 50 milligrams, or normally you can get by with 25 because zinc is one of the primary antiviral um, um, 
things that we're using and why the, the hydroxychloroquine protocol has been so beneficial as hydroxychloroquine gets the zinc into the cell and the zinc is what's actually killing the virus or whatever is causing the problem. Hmm. Iodine, again, iodine has amazing properties, but if you've not been taking it before, 25 to 50 milligrams, uh, ideally you start taking iodine because most people are iodine deficient and you start taking it way beforehand and slowly titrate yourself up. And even at taking it at 50 milligrams, it may take three, four, five months um, to, to build up to an adequate body store. Uh, again, as mentioned, nebulized hydrogen peroxide, watching the videos before they were taken down of Dr. Brownstein's patients, it was profound how just that one treatment alone was able to seem to, to slow down or stop the COVID progression within hours. And um, I'm going to interrupt just real quick because there's a, a, a published study on nebulized quercetin and NAC, I believe, that found really rapid um, relief, respiratory relief in people. And that's a published study. We've got that in the um, Informed Choice Washington website. You might have it on your handout here, too. I don't know. Okay. And then, again, the main thing. Um, consider hydroxychloroquine. When Dr. Levy spoke at my environmental medicine conference back in April, he said the most important thing, and most people felt he was going to say vitamin C because he's one of the top vitamin C experts in the world, and he said it's clearly hydroxychloroquine. Um, wow. Nothing from his experience that could stop COVID, in his opinion. You know, I go, all, I go back in my memory to, I think it was February. I'd have to go check the date when um, Dr. Raoul in France um, said um, something to parte, I don't know French, but game over with the hydroxychloroquine. And he just said, we've got this. This will be so easy. Let's get everybody this cheap, um, easy to make, uh, abundant, available, been used for 75-year drug <laughs> here. Um, and and refer to him. Exactly. And, and here we still are though, um, so frustrating, uh, yeah. All right, let's shift gears to flu because now we're getting into flu season. Uh, all we're hearing is this massive chance to have the pharmacist give you a free flu shot and whatnot. And flu yeah, a lot of free shots this year, like 9 million doses. I don't, what is free? Somebody paid for it, probably tax dollars, but go it's, ahead. It's <laughs> To me, the flu shots are a way of increasing a lot of illness and, 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 and making COVID worse. And that's really, again, the sicker people are, the more chance they have to influence a mandated vaccine. There's so much you can do to prevent the flu. Um, I mean, it's, it's just it's sad that we have to resort to this. Um, when people contact me, one of the most important things I emphasize is hydration. People are weak and lethargic, and they can take things till the cow comes home, but if they're still weak and lethargic, they are still dehydrated. Mm. We're talking about taking two to four um, uh, quarts of salty fluid a day. And when people start doing that, they start to look at me, but literally um, the type of salty fluids we're talking about are like VA juice, um, vegetable broth, chicken broth, if you'll use chicken. Oh, homemade bone broth would be the ideal, right? With some really good... Um... You, need, you need the salt in the bone broth, which is and, not... And, and explain that not all salts are equal, because I once talked to a woman and, and she said, oh, and she held up a little packet of broth powder and thought that that would do. And I'm like, no. So explain what's a good salt. The thing I'm emphasizing here is salt more than fluids. 
Um, vitamin C, again, if you have an acute illness, depending on how sick you are, you might want to consider taking yourself to bowel tolerance, and you can see that protocol. And then six or 8,000 milligrams a day divided into dosages. Echinacea and golden seal. Echinacea is a, um, will stimulate the immune system. Golden seal is actually an antiviral antibiotic. It uh, works as bacterial properties as well, but we really don't have antiviral antibiotics. The so golden seal is really instrumental. Um, vitamin A and vitamin D, as I um, talked about before in the COVID protocol, a uh, small amount of zinc. And again, for acute um, respiratory illnesses, nebulized hydrogen peroxide, consider adding a drop or two of iodine and doing this again three or four times a day, which will absolutely stop a virus. And I'm used to, with my protocol of using these herbs and homeopathics, can usually stop any kind of a cold, pneumonia, bronchitis within two or three days. And the nebulized hydrogen peroxide will make it even go quicker. Glutathione, as I mentioned, and then odorless garlic, 1,500 milligrams a day. It doesn't have to be odor odorless. What if you love garlic? Wouldn't that be? Um, oh, I see our time. We're getting. You love garlic, to, but if yeah. you take that much garlic, you're not going to have a lot of people loving you when you're. <laughs> well, then they'll keep their six feet apart, won't they? <laughs> you certainly do fresh garlic. Um, and I do a lot of homeopathy, and um, homeopathy can be profound because at the low potencies, there's zero side effects. If your body gets the wrong remedy, it will have no effects whatsoever. So for prevention, um, acylococcinum, one of these vials could be used every week during flu season and salicia um, to help boost the immune system. Some of these protocols I got in my intensive homeopathy course that I took about three or four years ago. I've been doing homeopathy for 20 plus years, but this course was amazing. and the details about how to deal with these kind of illnesses. Yeah. And so, that first one, I, I always, I, I can't pronounce it very well. Um, say it again. Ocelococcinum. Okay, thank you. And and that's available just in so many places. I mean, okay. you can buy it at Fred Meyer, you can buy it online, a natural right. food store. So it, and it works. Um, I used that one for my son one year when he was right. little and he, it was, he was fine one minute and then all of a sudden he was burning up and had a huge headache and I called his naturopath and she said, oh, it's the flu, get some of this. So my husband ran and got it. And immediately it didn't take his fever away, but it, it lowered everything to the point where he was comfortable as he moved through it and he got through it just easy breezy. It, it worked beautifully, yeah. If you get the flu, there's also um, some other remedies that I mentioned on the handout um, mm -hmm. at a higher dosage. Um, flu back as we mentioned, is all over the place. And the Cochrane Report looked at 52 clinical trials, 80,000 adults, and, and I think Dr. Meehan mentioned this last week, and he said it found that um, you'd have to treat 71 people to be vaccinated to avoid one case of influenza, which is yeah. pretty, it, it's a sad waste of our resources. Yeah. Um, flu shots can increase COVID-19 pandemic. Here's an article by Dr. McCullough. There's many talking about the relationship yeah. COVID and, and flu vaccines and, and, and flu shots. Uh, flu vaccination has been increased with viral shedding. A lot of people are told to stay away from people, but when people get the flu vaccine for the next several weeks, they can be shedding the flu to other people. Yeah, uh, and you know we're gonna have to leave it there because we're, we're getting down to just our, our, our last few seconds here, Dr. Berenson, and it's, it's such a rich resource. I'm so grateful to you. Per all the work you put into what you did for us today, and you're going to make it available to me to put on the website 
Um, and we'll try to get links underneath the video of this as well. Um, so thank you so very much for your time um, and for putting it out there. And again, we're not giving anybody medical advice. We're giving you the, telling you what practitioners now are doing for their patients and finding great results. And so we encourage you to do your research, go out there, find a good practitioner who knows how to do this, who can guide you through this. Do it before you're sick. And that way you can move through anything um, with confidence. Um, you've been listening to an informed life radio next Friday. We're gonna be talking about the hepatitis B shot. So you don't wanna miss that. We got some really good information coming. This is Bernadette on informed life radio at 1150 AM KKNW. Have a great weekend.